Welcome back to another episode of Ford Down Territory. My name is Miles. I'm with my co-host Sam. Where else would you rather be talking about another Broncos loss? Another week, <laughs> another Broncos loss. It's, t- it's, it's tough, isn't it? At least, at least with this one, we're gonna get it out of the way first. Yeah, yeah. We'll get this one done early, and yeah. then I can enjoy the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, we'll get onto it. It's not going to be easy, but there we go. We there can, we go. We can talk about some other games. Exactly. But let's, let's start with Stat of the Week. Yeah, our favourite segment, our main segment. <laughs> yeah, the only one that we <laughs> the have. The segment. Uh, yeah, Stat of the Week. I'll go with mine first. Uh, do you know, this week, the Giants, uh, they managed to take their first offensive snap while in the lead uh, against Buffalo this week. And... It's week six. It's taken them six weeks. <laughs> that must be one of the longest ever. <laughs> it really must take be. To their first lead. <laughs> six weeks just to be able to have Daniel Jones get the ball while they're leading. <laughs> like try and at like, least extend their lead. Yeah. But it, no, it didn't. It well, it did, wasn't even Daniel Jones this week. It was Tara Taylor. Oh, of course it was. Yeah, yeah. Tara Taylor this week. Either way, Giants are, <laughs> Giants are not... So Daniel good. Jones hasn't taken a snap while winning he this hasn't. season. Yeah, there you go. That's the start of the week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got? I'll start with uh, Raheem Mostert, who has 11 touchdowns through the first six games. And that is actually the most by a non-QB since Sean Alexander's MVP MVP, year in 2005, where he got 12. He's actually on pace to lead the NFL in TDs, and he'll be the oldest player to do so since John Riggins in (laughs) 1983. (laughs) It's going back away, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But it it shows that even with uh, a two-headed backfield, I know that... Uh, a chain is now injured for a bit, but he's been able to dominate scoring touchdowns. He's been their go-to guy in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, we can't forget uh, that Niners playoff run all the way to the Super Bowl when he was just integral On to fire. their team, wasn't he? he yeah, was, he was. We had playoff Raheem. Didn't it was we? that it was that Packers game where they yeah. just couldn't stop him. Yeah, Garoppolo threw the ball eight times that game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they were just running <laughs> away. Was so yeah, good. It was so good, but um, yeah, no, it looks like I mean he's he's struggled with injuries a little bit the last few uh, seasons, mm-hmm. but. He's sorted this year and he's playing really, really well. Uh, it's, I just hope he can stay healthy and keep it going. Um, like you say, missing A-chan, but not a problem for him. I oh, know, if he's going to feature more, that uh, he's going to shatter that uh, John Riggins record. Yeah, I think <laughs> so, <Sox> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll f- we'll move on straight away to uh, my depressing part of the uh, podcast yeah. where it's becoming a weekly theme yeah. where I talk about a Broncos loss. We almost need a theme tune for this yeah. now, don't we? <laughs> Miles talks about yeah. the Broncos. So I stayed up Thursday night to watch oh. this as the loyal fan that I am. Uh, yeah. What a waste of time that was because <laughs> I didn't see a point until about six minutes to go in the game. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about the positives first. There wasn't many. Uh, <laughs> uh, defense played really well. Yeah, uh, It doesn't look like it giving up 19 points, but if a team like the Kansas City Chiefs goes to the red zone six times, you only let them in one time. Yeah. That is a, a, you know, a great average to have. So that's obviously one positive. Um, towards the end of the uh, towards the end of the game, the offense finally started to click. We saw Russ uh, actually using his legs for once, yeah, scrambling out of the pocket. Uh, there was, I mean, there was about two third down conversions that he made with his legs, which was which was huge. But you know, this needs to start at the beginning of the game and carry its way through. The theme with the Broncos this season, I feel like there's three pieces: it's play calling, offense, defense, and oh, sorry, it's play calling, Russ defense. Uh, yeah. at the moment. Each week, only one of them's turning up. Yeah. So this week, it was the defense. Russ was bad. Play calling was bad. Yeah. Last week, defense was bad. Play calling was bad. Russ was good. It's, <laughs> it's, it's all just becoming a theme. And I'm not like, yeah. you know, it, I think if two of them click, you win a game. And that's what happened in uh, in Chicago when they, when they beat the Bears. You know, defense clicked in the second half. 
Russ played really well. Play corner was poor in the first half. So, again, two out, two out of three, you win yeah. the game. So Yeah, I mean, well, because the Chiefs had 389 yards on you, didn't they? Yeah. But only coming away with 19 points because of those red zone stands. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, Harrison Butker was obviously the one that helped get he the, got the points, those yeah. points. Yeah, <laughs> four or four. And he obviously he boomed that 60-yarder. Yeah, I think so. that would have been good from 70. Oh, mate, um, killer. But, yeah, tough. I mean... You got hurt by turnovers again, didn't you? You had the fumble, yeah, massively. two picks for us. Although I will say, I think the second pick was quite tough on Russ because it was tipped at the Tip line, ball. wasn't it? And then, I, I don't know, it was it Dolchich in the area? Yeah. He back? You know, he's scrambling around it? for it. You see him looking in the air. Yeah. DB knows exactly where that ball exactly. was. Takes it straight it was, away. It's almost comical in the way that Dolchich just turned and ran in the opposite direction. Yeah, I was like, no, no mate, ball's not there. Yeah. No clue where it was. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. But, um, yeah, I mean, a tough game, but... Yeah, like you say, take away the positives that you've gone into Arrowhead and only conceded 19 points. I mean, a lot of teams do a lot worse. Oh, yeah, position. definitely. No, it's, it's like I said it last week. It's just, you know, it's been so damn long since we've beaten the Chiefs. We've got we've got the rematch in two weeks. If there's if we could go two and what would be two and fifteen this year, yeah, and that's the only other game I'd win. You know what? Yeah, you've got to take the small positives this season, <laughs> uh, and then we look forward to the draft. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we may as well move straight on to your team now. A bit more yep. positive side of things. Yeah. We talk about a win now. Uh, yeah, your Ravens going into London and finally getting a win, redeeming what they did. How many years ago was it? <laughs> I tell you, what, it was a long it's like time ago now. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, something like that. Um, just a shame you weren't at this one. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could have uh, wish I could have gone to this one because I would have enjoyed it a lot more than the last <laughs> one. Which actually, the last one was a good experience, but I think the atmosphere at this game was great. It um, was, yeah. For a Titans home game, it seemed like the Ravens fans turned up in numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really know what to say with it. It was, a, it was a typical Ravens game of this season where we just haven't been able to put games away. Yeah. We haven't been consistent. Like, the offense isn't quite there yet. We were stalling too often. I mean, it's a good job. Justin Tucker, the greatest kicker of all time. I was about to say, Justin Tucker's six line, his betting line, was two field goals. <laughs> really? <laughs> six field he had goals. six, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that I found interesting is that his longest of the game was 41, yeah. which kind of says that we were moving the ball, just couldn't, just couldn't it, convert. You know, it's literally like what the Chiefs were doing exactly. against the Broncos, yeah. getting down there. You just couldn't finish when you got to the red zone. Yeah, our red zone offense wasn't good. I think with, <laughs> I saw a good, uh, good joke the other day where someone was saying like, Offense of the Ravens, fantastic. Red zone offense of the Ravens, terrible. Because yeah, <laughs> we terrible. just, I don't know what it is about the play calling, but we just can't seem to work. Shorter field gets good tougher. Plays. Yeah. But you've got targets like Mark Andrews and you feel like, oh, you know, you, you expect him to be double double covered in that bit. Yeah. But actually looking at film and things like he's only single covered. Uh, was it, it was against the Steelers where he had the, hu- was it the Steelers where the high point ball? Yeah, yeah. Caught, caught the great touchdown. Or the Browns. I was think. it the Browns? Yeah, it was yeah. the Browns. And you just feel like you could do that every week with him if he's single covered in the red zone. Yeah, exactly. Just feel like starting to struggle. Let's get a bit more diverse with the play calls. Maybe just tone it back. Yeah. Go to the basics. Lob a fade to Mark Andrews. It might yeah. actually work. Yeah. <laughs> on the, uh, on the defensive side, lots to be happy about though. I mean, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen again just doing their I, thing. I want to give a shout out to another guy. You know, we spoke about the start of the season. Who's yeah. probably your defensive MVP is Gino Stone. <laughs> Third pick of the year. Obviously filling in for Kyle Hamilton who got ejected. Um, whether that was an ejection or not, I don't know. That's, I think it was quite 50-50. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, the problem was is that like in the moment watching the game, I was livid. I was like, it's so clear. He's not meant to do that. Like, what else he meant to do? It's high ball. He's gone for it. You watch it back and you think, well, yeah, I mean, it's it's understandable. Um, they're not expected to give him a suspension, which I think is fair because yeah. I don't think it was worthy of a uh, suspension. But, you know, disappointed to see Hamilton get ejected. But what happens, you know, Stone comes in, 
third interception of the year. What a guy, man. I mean, that I, I genuinely think he's got a starter job on, on a different team. Uh, yeah. I think he's played so well, especially la- I mean, last year um, when Marcus Williams was injured, he came in and I'm pretty sure he was like the highest graded, highest PFF grade for a safety in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's been a really good player for us. He stepped up. Uh, but yeah, also on the defense, just on the D-line as well. When Malik Willis came in, uh, he was just under pressure the entire time, wasn't he? Yeah. I felt bad for him. Like he he just wasn't getting the ball out quick enough, and the O line just couldn't hold. You can tell that was that was a guy coming in that hadn't prepared all week. Yeah, the, the whole game plan had been around Santa Hill, um, and just wasn't able to progress through each read in the speed that he wanted to. And <laughs> you know, a, a defense, an experienced defensive line like that, they will just smother something like yeah. that alive. So I mean, Justin Madabike had two sacks. Yeah. Jadavion Clowney had two sacks. Uh, Carl Van Noy had the sack and the pass defend. For a guy we uh, brought in literally like, what, two weeks ago, he's really filled in a nice part of our D-line there. Mm. Um, and yeah, like I said with Clowney as well, I think he's on like one of the highest pressure rates he's had in his career. Yeah. Um, we, we we mentioned a few weeks ago that uh, we could see the end of Tannehill. Yeah. Do you think this is now the turning point? Would you now go to Malik Willis now on it definitely depends on how serious this injury is doesn't it because he he obviously had to get carted back to the locker room yeah so i mean he looked like he could stand on it but you know when they're carting someone they obviously really they really don't want to put any pressure on it no so that usually says that it's going to be quite serious uh and yeah if he's out for a significant time i could you see like let's say he misses four weeks yeah Yeah. maybe he goes on ir he misses four weeks after having another QB in for that long, does he re earn that job? I think for the Titans offense, they need a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I feel like yeah, the power run is it's it's not the prettiest form of offense. It's 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 enjoyable to watch when you see one break break loose. You know, yeah. it's it's normally right. Let's get our four yards and let's just keep turning these downs over. If you bring in Malik Willis, it will just revitalize that offense. It brings that you know extra dimension of him being able to run with his legs. Yeah. Tannehill obviously was like that when he was maybe in Miami and you know when he first joined Tennessee but, yeah you know let's let's get some excitement back in the Tennessee offense yeah because I mean even Derek Henry I mean he had a nice stat line for the game but if you take out the 63 yard rush he had from the Wildcat yeah you take out the 15 yard touchdown he's left with 10 rushes for 19 yards exactly which is just horribly inefficient it's not how the power row offense should be yeah <laughs> should be run so yeah but um overall yeah I think offense for the Ravens we can go towards the future and think that hopefully we can work these kinks out ahead of the playoffs because I think in the playoffs if we get these things sorted we can be a really good team yeah because uh, the defense seems to have it sorted out but um, it's just whether that offense can start to click definitely so let's go from one struggling offense to probably the uh, high-flying offense yep. in the NFL the which is the one Mi- yeah the number one offense which is the Miami Dolphins in fact not just the number one offense but did you know that they're not only first in passing yards, but also rushing yards? Yeah, it's just... Just ev- leading the league so in every facet they can. It's They've so, been brilliant. Yeah. I mean, so, so Tua good. was great this week, wasn't he? Threw three touchdowns, 262 yeah. yards. We spoke about most at the start and <laughs> how he's just unstoppable. Three touchdowns. Yeah, even, you know, like we said, no A-chain, doesn't matter. They've still got, you know, they're bringing in Brooks, who's who's running for, what, five yards a carry, which is, yeah. which is just crazy. Even Salvan Ahmed, I mean, he came in in the fourth quarter, had a few rushes. He obviously got the touchdown, but he also had some. He had some angry runs. I think oh, yeah. Kyle Brandt's out there looking at him. He had the he had the one way. He had the big stiff arm, and then he spun through a tackle, and mm-hmm. he was just pushing. I mean, 
when you've got that much depth for the running back it's, position, because obviously Jeff Wilson coming back yeah. soon as well. He, he came off IR. Exactly, So he's, yeah. he's, 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 he'll be ready to play next week. Yeah. But it's just like, next man up, you take your opportunities. Yeah. And that uh, that Miami backfield has just got so many people that can take those opportunities. Yeah, exactly. We've also just got to talk about how one record could be absolutely demolished this it season. Really could and be. that's Mr. Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Almost 200 yards receiving a touchdown guard. Like it's 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 almost 2,000 guaranteed now, isn't it? it the first time ever uh, a receiver could get 2,000 yards. Calvin Johnson, <laughs> his record looks like it's going to be smashed by maybe what week 13, you'd say. Yeah, no, he, I mean he's catching up to it quick, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, so good. But also we saw we saw uh, Jalen Waddle get back. Uh, obviously saw a touchdown. We saw the Waddle celebration back again. Yeah, uh, that was good to see. Um, but moving on to Carolina, uh, Bryce Young had probably one of the better games of his career. Yeah, and they came out hot, didn't they, they early? Did. They the, f- the 14-0 lead yeah. was, and was it, strong. It was quite funny because I was watching it with my housemate. And uh, obviously they go 14-0 up and he's like, oh, wow, what, do you think Panthers are on the cards for an upset here? And I was like, nah, Dolphins will put 40 on them. Yeah, easily. And they did. And I, was, I, I came back to him and I was like, I'm quite proud of that, uh, <laughs> quite, quite proud of that prediction. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they've got bright bright spots to look at haven't they mm-hmm. i mean like i said the the quick start is really good to see um tuba hubbard had a great game 19 carries 88 yards and a touchdown yeah in uh obviously in the absence of miles sanders uh and adam thielen i mean let's give this guy some respect we, he had a we, we mentioned a few weeks ago how we could see well you know there was there was news reports of carolina wanting that that number one receiver yeah they've got one they've yeah. got plenty of good receivers yeah you look at uh adam thielen dj chark uh, Tommy Tremble uh, being being a, a solid tight end. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Mingo being the rookie. Uh, LaVisca Chenault is yeah. another one. But one that I could see getting moved out of Carolina within the next few weeks is Terrence Marshall Jr. Yeah. Uh, he was all right last week, wasn't he? He's all right last week, but... Not a catch this week. I just don't get why they don't use him. Yeah. He's a... You know, coming out of LSU was quite a big prospect. I think they took him in the second round, or was it third round? Uh, and he's just not getting the productivity that you'd expect from... A guy drafted that high. It almost reminds me of like when uh, this is going to sound very ho- Homer esque. <laughs> uh, when the Broncos drafted Cody Latimer in yeah, 2014, yeah. Um, second round pick out of Indiana, thought he was going to be the next best thing. Come play in the slot between Emmanuel Sanders and Demiris Thomas, just did nothing. Yeah, um, and a guy taking a pick behind him was called Jarvis Landry. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, isn't it? They're, they're those draft nightmares yeah, that they just are. haunt you. Yeah, they are. But yeah, I could I could see them trying to acquire, still trying to acquire that number on receiver, but sending Terrence Marshall in return. So yeah, that's my bold prediction. <laughs> on the subject of uh, of the Panthers receiving core, I thought we'd just let the listeners into a little secret from last week. Something that we cut from the podcast was you giving me grief from saying that Adam Thielen was clear of Cortland Sutton or Jerry <laughs> Judy in the trade market. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, especially I'm with, feeling good about that. The news, obviously, well, we saw what Steve Smith said. Yeah, he was absolutely bang on with it. Yeah, uh, what Jerry Judy had like a yard, I think. Well, <laughs> he it was quite funny, wasn't it? Because obviously he had that bit pre-game where he was walking down the oh, sideline, jawing at the cameras, man. and he walked about as far as he got yards in the game. Yeah, it's, it, uh, it was absolutely and, embarrassing. And like, no disrespect to Judy, but when Steve Smith speaks, you listen. Yeah, don't you? He, that that man's one I of the greatest receivers since 2000. Their first four seasons. And Judy actually has better stats than Steve Smith really? in his first four seasons. Yeah, re- uh, receiving touchdowns, receiving yards. He beats him in every category. Obviously, the game's changed since, when was it, what, 99 when he came in or something like uh, that? 2001 he was drafted. 2001, yeah. there you go. So, yeah, it's, times have changed. It's, times uh, have changed, it's, it's yeah. supposed to be an air raid offense. Yeah. Uh, well, 
Sean Payton normally leads to an inside zone kind of offense, but mm. uh, yeah, uh, I could still see a trade happening. Potentially. <laughs> okay, next up, we've got the Texans and the Saints. Uh, go back to last week's episode when we did our predictions. I was, I'm an R and on this one big time, wasn't I? I didn't you know were. didn't know if it's Texans, didn't know if it's Saints. I went gut instinct and went with the Texans and it paid off. It did pay off. Texans yeah. take the win 20 to 13. Um, and something that I also predicted last week was the first CJ Stroud uh, interception. That's what I was going to lead with. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. And I didn't expect Zach Bourne to get it. After yeah, the I'll tell you what, not who I thought was going to get it, yeah. but I did predict it. So, you know, score I think, score I think in ways me. that's kind of nice for CJ Stroud. I know it, yeah. it, people are like, why the hell would uh, an interception be nice? But it's kind of like, right, first one's done. Yeah. Now let's go. Well, that's we the thing because you're always dwelling on it, aren't you? Oh, yeah. look at this cool streak I have. Yeah. But now it's gone. It's just like, that's it. Focus on my game. Mm-hmm. Because even, even when guys say, oh, I'm not going to let it distract me, you know you're thinking about it. So at least, yeah, like you say, it's out the way. He can focus on his game. Uh, it wasn't yardage wise. It wasn't like some of the games he has had this season. No, but he's been, he's he did been averaging part, like 300 yards. Yeah, exactly. He did. So a 200-yard game is a bit, you know, it's it's not yeah. to CJ Stroud's standards, but, you know, it but, was a, more of a game management yeah, kind of game. Yeah, because then again, he only threw the ball 27 times. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they were rushing it a lot. Yeah. I mean, Singletary you got 12 carries. Yeah, Pierce got 13 carries. Um, so obviously, yeah, trying to rush the ball a bit more than usual. We see the Saints kind of take back to their old form when... Sean Payton was there of the air raid offense, and we saw Derek Carr throw the ball 50 times yeah, on Sunday. Crazy. Yes, that's uh, quite unlike what you'd expect with Alvin Kamara in the backfield. Obviously, he's still got, what, 20 touches? Well, so. yeah, 19 carries, and he got seven receptions as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. It was. I found it a really odd game to look at. This is why, this is why uh, you can never just look at the stats to see how a game played out. Mm. Because I've got here, so Texans had 297 total yards. Yeah. Saints had 430. So just beat them yeah. out there. Texans punted five times. Saints punted three. Mm-hmm. Texans had the one turnover to Saints having two. Having two. And obviously there was that CJ Stroud interception that immediately got fumbled back to the yep. Texans, which was uh, quite big because I think at that point Saints were at midfield, so that would have set them up with a good field position. Uh, Saints one time of possession... They ran 18 more plays than the Texans. Like, you, when you put that down to just that tiny little bit of data there, how are the Saints losing this like game? It looks like a 31-7 yeah. kind of stat line, but uh, only putting up 13 points just shows yeah. that they weren't able to capitalize. And uh, fourth down conversion is an, uh, fourth and third down conversion was a whole struggle for the Saints. Yeah, uh, Below 50% on third down and then 0% on fourth down after two tries. Wow. So. <laughs> yeah, I think... To be honest, when when you look at the game, I think the thing that lost it for them, and I hate to pin it on kickers, but Blake Groupie, unfortunately, mm-hmm. he missed twice. Uh, and if he'd hit both of them, would have made it a one-point game Prevents on their game-winning drive. Prevents you going for it on fourth yeah, down as well. Exactly. Uh, multiple times. So, because you know, it's, it, hindsight's a wonderful thing. If he makes those two, two field goals... You you can then settle instead of you know going for it. Oh, I think there was one fourth down where they probably would have kicked a field goal. Yeah, well, there was the one the game winning drive at the end. Yeah, exactly. The Saints were on fourth and ten, just needed to heave it to the end zone. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in that scenario, there they would have taken the field goal. Yeah, uh, would have won them the game. But you know, like we say, hindsight. Not too much left to say on this game, but I do want to pick up on Texans linebacker Blake Cashman. To be honest, hadn't heard of him until seeing this game he had 15 total tackles so he was all over the field Blake Cashman used to play for the New York Jets he and did. he used to be the fastest linebacker in Madden Fun really fact. yeah 
There's your fact of the day. She's be 67 <laughs> overall. I always uh, used to get him on fantasy. I always want to leave that in. <laughs> can do. <laughs> Just my most random stat of the week. Yeah. That's my that's my nerd knowledge coming in. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next game where I don't have a random fact about a linebacker, but the Falcons versus the Commanders. Uh, we saw the Commanders go into Atlanta and come up with a win, but the main headline was a Desmond Ridder crumble. Three interceptions, which killed them. Yeah, I mean, he... Yes, back-to-back games now, he's been asked to throw the ball a lot, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he threw 47 passes. Which is uh, so unlike Atlanta. Yeah. I, They're a zone read offense. It's been play action, get him in space, pass the ball. Yeah. Maybe 25 times a game. So 47 was a huge shock. Yeah, it was. And when you see the interceptions, they were pretty awful, weren't they? They yeah. weren't great. Uh, and especially the two in the fourth quarter. It was abysmal fourth quarter for the Falcons as oh, a whole. so bad. Uh, commanders on the other side... Um, it's quite funny, Sam Howell, he threw the ball significantly less than Ritter did. Um, 14 to 23, 151 yards, but then he had the three touchdown throws. And we just want to talk about your man, Brian Robinson. Yeah. That touchdown he had where it was like screen, set up, get in space. Oh, there's one defender between me and the goal line. <laughs> I'm gonna Let me just run bowl him over. Him over. <laughs> like, like he's not even there. I mean, so that man probably has a family. Let's be, let's, you know, <laughs> give him a break. But yeah, uh, really good game from Commanders, especially uh, bounce back after the game with th- the Bears last week. Yeah, I think you've got to give the defense a huge amount of credit. Uh, the, obviously, the reason for how not passing the ball a lot and, you know, Brian Robinson not having huge amount of rushing attempts because the defense were putting them in such a yeah. great position. Yeah, they were. Um, and to be fair, the offense were making every play seem to be a, a huge player. It wasn't like the the typical, let's take up time possession and, and get the three-yard run, three-yard carries every time, but... Uh, yeah, defense was huge. Three interceptions in, in great locations as well. Going back to the Falcons, we finally see a carpet touchdown. I was going to say, yeah. Yes. And, and I'll tell you what, that was a good throw from Ritter as it well. Was. Over two defenders. And really that was, was like right at the start of the game. So it was only downhill from there, unfortunately. I, but, in yeah. fantasy this week, I tried to trade for two players. Okay. One was Drake London and one was Carpets. Ooh, and they both had they both, unbelievable yeah. games. And I'm fuming that neither went through. One was from your brother. Yeah. So if he's listening, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fuming. <laughs> but yeah, both had really good games. Uh, Drake London obviously over 100 yards, but Carpet's touchdown is massive. Slow game, on the other hand, for Bijan Robinson. Uh, yeah, I mean, he got outrushed by Tyler Algier, didn't he? Yeah. It's just, it, it's just been so unlike him for this season. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a shock. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's the first time Algier's outrushed him this season. Really? So, yeah, I mean, we're not used to seeing Tyler lead the backfield, but quite one from Bijan but you know he'll be back he's shows a great that, player you know shows that a two-headed backfield is still effective yeah Bijan was obviously better in the receiving game which yeah. is you know kind of the opposite of how it's been all season there really yeah. you, you see I think the uh, snap share percentages is that Algier obviously dominates in passing passing downs but uh, a flip maybe just to catch the commanders off guard didn't work <laughs> didn't <laughs> yeah. work this week <laughs> I think uh, final thing I want to just doing this game is shout out my man Calais Campbell give him a round of applause for making <laughs> yeah, it 100 hey, sack Campbell, Campbell, yeah. Campbell, hey, hey. and uh, ask a quick question where does he stand in the Hall of Fame debate do you reckon he's there oh, come on he's, this is guaranteed that's yeah. a silly question he's always he's always going to get in yeah we love that man yeah. I mean he, he I saw a article this morning he celebrated getting into 100 sack club by making a large donation to baltimore teachers so he's still really? got a bit of baltimore oh, in his he... heart hasn't he and i was sad to see him go because that man's got so much heart he's he plays with intensity he's a leader he's yeah. one of the best leaders we've had in the ravens locker room for a while and there's nothing better than uh getting there on game day and just seeing him do the yes sir <laughs> 
<laughs> it's, so, that, it's so annoying because his whole. Uh, I really thought this off season he was going to sign for Denver. His yeah. whole family, I found out, and him himself is from Colorado. So oh, I was really? Like, I was like, oh, finally, we, we you know we 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 got some you know interior defensive line power coming in, but yeah, nope, didn't happen. We went with Zach Allen instead. So <laughs> yeah, nice one. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, another AFC South matchup. Didn't fumble it this Didn't time. Didn't fumble it this time. <laughs> I feel like we've had a lot of uh, AFC South games. Yeah, uh, I feel like every week has been yeah. one. Yeah. Um, so Colts at the Jags. Um, Minshew Mania might be over. It lasted a few weeks, Well, it might be over. I was going to say, c- coming out of the news that I think it was today, that uh, AR5 yeah. might be done for the season. Yeah, so we're going to get Minshew season. Mania for the full season. Yeah, it's just whether he can play better than he did this the, week. The eh? hype is, is dying down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, three interceptions, and they were they were terrible, weren't yeah, they? They, they were. were terrible throws. By his standards as well, because, I don't know, he throws picks, but mm-hmm. he at least makes up for it with the rest of his play. But, I mean, he threw the ball 55 times, 329 yards, only the one touchdown to Josh Downs. Yeah, but those three interceptions were just not good. They yeah. were not good at all. I think both both quarterbacks didn't play great. Obviously, we no, saw yeah. T. Law get injured as well, which I'm worried about after trading for him in fantasy. So I'm <laughs> buzzing with that decision. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it was a theme that happened there in Jacksonville. Uh, it, even the run game there wasn't wasn't fantastic for for the Jags. Etn obviously had two touchdowns, but um, it wasn't like a dominant stat line for him. Although his touchdown runs were very good, I thought uh, the first one where he just slipped between the center and the guard was mm-hmm. great great balance from him and uh and the second one just following his blocker getting all the way into the end zone i i had a question for you where do you think he ranks amongst all the backs in the league right now because i definitely put him top 10 yeah because i think he's 100 percent top 10 yeah whether he's pushing top five i'm not sure i, f- I, I fell in love with him last year because yeah. he carried me to a, a victory in fantasy so yeah. i will always have high praise of travis Etienne. um but yeah he's not top five yet i think he's definitely approaching that that side yeah um I mean, if he continues to play like this, and I've said it in previous weeks that Doug, Doug Peterson said he can get 1,600 yards in a season. If he does that, he should certainly be in the conversation yeah, for top 100%. five backs. Uh, he's also, you've got to remember, he's got the receiving back threat. Yeah, uh, exactly. Some guys in that, you know, we look at Derek Henry, doesn't have that. Yeah. So if he is able to put up the yards that Derek Henry can put up on the ground, he and should add through the air. Yeah, yeah, and through the air, yeah. he should certainly be in the conversation. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think with this game now, we've seen the Jags do the double over the Colts, won both of those matchups. Mm-hmm. Does this mean that the because the Titans are the Titans are having a bit of an iffy season? We're not sure if they're going to be challenging for the title of AFC South. Does this mean that the lone team to stop the Jags is the Houston Texans? Because obviously the Texans beat them, didn't they? Texans, yeah, exactly. Texans, Texans beat them a few weeks ago. Um, They've so, got, yeah, they've got the first tiebreaker done. If exactly. they can get the second tiebreaker done as well, I don't know what week that is, but I think it might be in about two or three weeks' time. But obviously, the Jags are four and two. Yeah. The Texans are three and three, so they're close to them on record. Mm-hmm. If the Texans beat them again, and it's in Houston, mm-hmm. you know, Texans could steal they've that got, division on a tiebreaker. Ch- they've got a great chance to do it. The only thing leaning Jack Jags way is that their schedule is much nicer. Is much nicer yeah. for the rest of the season. They've kind of played their difficult games now. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what we, we knew going into the start of the season. The Jags, their seasonal record wouldn't look great at the start of the year, but further down the line, we could see them pull away. Now, with T-Law's injury... That could if, change it up a bit. If, you know, he, he could miss next week. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of the, the rumour going around at the moment. Uh, so, <laughs> Texans have a great chance to capitalise yeah. on that. Uh, definitely get back in the hunt for the AFC South, so... Something that no one would have predicted. No. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even, you know, Stroud wasn't even in my conversation for offensive rookie of the year yeah. at the start of the season. So 
he's he's come leaps and bounds from from my predictions. Yeah. So yeah, only give him credit for that. Uh, one bright spark in that game was uh, Michael Pittman. I want to give credit to to a lot of the Colts receivers there because there was talk, there still is talk about them trading for a receiver. Yeah. I don't think they need to. I think Josh Downs has solidified himself as the number two receiver we mentioned last week. But Michael Pittman having a stellar game doesn't matter who his quarterback is. If you've got him in fantasy, you should start every week. Cause Absolutely, he's just proving to be a, a solid number one receiver, kind of like that 2018 Cortland Sutton, like yeah. not not top 15 receivers but just a, a reliable a guy, guy that you can throw yeah. the ball up to and he's going to come down with it and especially with Richardson going for probably season ending injury uh, Josh Downs seems to have quite a good relationship with Minshew they seem to have yeah. built like a QB wide receiver connection there so yeah like you say they've got Pittman as the number one Josh Downs they've also got guys like Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss haven't been bad catching the ball out the backfield no, I mean they had 11 receptions between them this week so do the Colts need another receiver? I mean, maybe it'd benefit them, but is it their like biggest need right now? I'm not God so no. sure. No, God no. I think well, one thing that... Uh, I mean, I made the prediction last year that I thought Alec Pierce would come up and, and step up, but I I don't feel like they they need to re- replace him in ways. You know, no. he's, a, he's a solid flex guy to have yeah. for, for a team. You know, he can come in the slot and, and, and do the job. So I don't see the receiver being a necessity for them. Next up, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Seahawks. One game that I thought was going to be really exciting, but it really wasn't. Yeah, it was quite <laughs> offensively from both teams, wasn't it? It was. It was good to see Burrow getting back towards the healthy side of things. Um, you know, still the pick. It's, it's, it's still it's still not perfect in Cincinnati. But, you know, the the, the pre-match sprints that, that came out of him, you know, going up and down the sideline. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, Burrow's back. Burrow <laughs> might be healthy. His calf yeah. looks good, but, you know, he's not quite there yet. You can even, like, escape in the pockets. It's it's starting to be a struggle for yeah. him. Uh, couldn't really step up as well. Couldn't, put, couldn't almost lean into passes as much as you, you'd expect him to. Uh, but when you've got Jamal Chase, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, Chase was good again, wasn't he? Not, even, not quite as good as last week, yeah. but how do you top that? So, exactly. I mean, six receptions for 80 yards. It seems like T. Higgins game. is on a snap count still as well. So, you, you, you're coming in there with Chase and, yeah, I mean, no disrespect to Tyler Boyd. He's probably a... He'd be a, a great wide receiver too on on many teams, yeah. but you know you haven't got your know, your reliable number two guy either. So he, you know, you know, Burrow's still doing very well for for ma- managing that injury. They had their sixth round rookie come in, uh, and I'm gonna nail this name pronunciation oh, by the go. way, Yoshivas. Uh, it's not spelled anything like that, was, but I, that's how it's I was pronounced. Say you could have said any name there, and I would have just nodded I've, my head. I tell you what, I've. <laughs> had to practice the pronunciation on that but he was the uh he was the guy who caught uh one of those touchdowns from yeah, burrow um it was his first td of his career and i thought it was quite sweet you know me i'm not not the biggest fan of joe burrow being a ravens fan um, after the but ball. it was quite sweet seeing burrow go it get that nice, game ball for yeah. him wasn't it really good great leadership from quarterback seeing yeah, that absolutely um on the other side of things for quarterback play yeah Gina smith starting to really see him struggle now yeah big time uh i think he's definitely regressed from last year mm-hmm. and like we say he's He's like a game manager, but I think in the in a tier above that, in the way that he yeah, can definitely. still produce as a quarterback. But that that game was a tier below being a game manager because he threw two picks. One uh, thing that I did like about Gino was he wasn't just relying. You know, he normally has that game where he focuses on one receiver. He was getting the ball to everyone. Yeah. You saw that. Well, I, I like to see that Jackson Smith and Jigba actually got involved for once. Yeah. 
there's many games where he's only catching three balls for about 12 yards. But this week we actually saw, you know, he, he got about 50 yards, I think. But yeah. starting to see what that 20th overall pick is, is kind of worth. Yeah, I mean, because you're adding a third receiver to an already very good receiver room, right? Yeah. And, uh, and it was interesting because it almost looked like Jake Bobo was getting more attention than him in that offense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the good thing about a guy like JSN is that he's not forced to be the number one guy immediately. Yep. So even though it's week six and he hasn't been that guy, we can still see him be that guy down the stretch, right? Yeah, and, and if he's not that guy, there's two people ahead of him to, while he develops. So Exactly. Another credit as well, Kenneth Walker. Didn't the stat line doesn't look great, but in fantasy terms, he is a, a he is definitely an RB one. Yeah, uh, and a guy that fell to like the third, fourth round in fantasy. Yeah, yeah, is turning out to be one of the steals of of any fantasy draft. He is he's absolutely on fire. He's scoring a touchdown basically every week. Yeah, so just he's, he's almost a guaranteed six points. It's almost like he's getting close to you know the start of that Christian McCaffrey scoring every single week. Yeah. <laughs> so. Not sure if he'll keep the streak as no, long as CMC he's has. Not gonna get, he's not going to get to... What's, he, what's CMC on now? 14? Oh, a lot. Yeah. Did he score this week? He did score he this did week, yeah. The streak continues. The streak continues. But we'll get on to that. We'll get on to that. We'll get on to it right now, hey? <laughs> uh, one of the biggest games of the week by way of being a crazy upset. Oh, I yeah. mean, well, well, this is this is the way I'm looking at it, right? So, obviously... My man, MVP Jay Walker. You love that. Man. I do love that. I mean, I, I'm a day one Houston Roughnecks fan. Okay, you know when they <laughs> when that when that team came around in 2019, uh, I was uh, I, that was my team from the start, and PJ was an absolute baller in that league. Yeah, he was. Loved watching him play. Um, but yeah, he, he hasn't had quite the same success in the NFL. But that's fine. Uh, he came in for obviously Deshaun Watson injured. Um, and he threw two picks. It wasn't the best game from him no, by any stretch. But um, I think people need to remember that this Browns defense is for real. Oh, it's so good. Uh, we, you know, we know how dominant Miles Garrett is. Yeah. Uh, he got a huge compliment today off Trent Trent Williams, uh, saying that he's going to be a future Hall of Famer. Almost, wow. Almost guaranteed now. He's. I feel like the one thing he's missing from that that guarantee is the defensive player yeah. of the year. Um, about time he gets one. Uh, Amari Cooper on the other side of the ball had a huge game. He really did. Um, it's because I took him out of my fantasy team this week. Oh, he did, knew yeah. he'd step up. Yeah, oh, I just well. had to let him know. Yeah, no, just, yeah. just sent him a text saying, "Yeah, you're yeah. welcome. You're welcome." <laughs> now, now you're gonna play great, man. No, he was he yeah. was unbelievable. He was great. Um, run game as well. Just trying to take the pressure off off Walker uh, was was fantastic. There's one kind of play where you ex- the only play that you expected them to run the ball is right at the end when. PJ rolled out instead of handing the ball off. I was like, oh my God, just don't throw a pick. And it smacked, I can't remember who from the defense, straight in his hands. Yeah. It was almost like, oh my God, you threw the game away. But yeah, luckily yeah. it was an incompletion. He was able to kick the field goal to go ahead. Um, but I think this game epitomizes any given Sunday. Uh, oh, absolutely. We, we, I think I said last week was that this game could be a 20, <laughs> 20 point blowout yeah. on one side. But uh, And it's funny because in the lead up to the game, yeah, I was telling my housemate about how the Niners are the best team in the league. Yeah. I was like, oh, they're so complete. Yeah, they've got a great quarterback, mm-hmm. one of the best running backs in the league, great tight end, great receiver. I'm going on and on and on and on. And then, yeah, that happens. And I'm so uh, shocked. And it was crazy. But there was obviously a, a contentious call uh, in the mix to end the game. Yeah. Um, I don't know what your opinion was on that. I thought it was, I thought it was tight. I mean, I think if you compare it to the Carl Hamilton incident, where it's helmet to helmet, mm-hmm. this one... I don't think it was. 
I think it was. I think it was a little bit harsh. Because what else is the defender meant to do? He's got to try and. It, but it's a defenceless receiver, and he yeah. has gone above the shoulder pad line, which yeah, is which is why it, it is in fact a fact. You know, it is a penalty. Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter what anyone says. It's you know the letter of the law. The letter of the law. If yeah. it was hel- helmet to helmet, yeah, guaranteed. But the actual the actual law. They they said it on the the commentary really well. That was his head obviously misses the shoulder pads but yeah. his shoulder pad is straight in contact with his head okay, for yeah. a defenseless receiver it's uh, a bona fide penalty so unfortunately for the Niners it, you know that's it, it's tough it, yeah but yeah I get, when you put it like that you can see why it was called it's also that but then uh, on the same drive they also had the huge holding call which yeah. which uh, gave the, the, the Browns a fresh set of downs as well um, there, there were so many things going against the 49ers that game obviously the big headline as well is McCaffrey's injury. How yeah. serious is that? We saw uh, Mason and Mitchell uh, kind of get focused there. They are the, I think, the most waiver requested players uh, yep. of all season yeah, coming I'm into sure. this week. They're, they've actually overtaken Puka Nakua That's and, and Karen Williams wow. already this week. Uh, what waivers come out later later tonight? So uh, if you haven't yeah. already, <laughs> I, I was just thinking that would be what I'm doing tonight. Uh, yeah, but obviously not just CMC that they lost, but Debo missed most of the game as well with shoulder injury. Yeah, uh, Trent Williams left briefly, but he managed to get back in the game at least. But um, we, t- we talk about the Niners' injuries. We've also got to talk about the Browns' injuries. Now, obviously, they're missing their starting quarterback. Yeah, they're missing their second string quarterback. They're missing their All Pro running back. They're missing their All Pro right tackle. They're missing their All Pro left tackle the entire game. That's they're incredible all injuries, when you put it like that. Yeah, the entire game as well. And and I think that's one of the big things is that when big teams suffer upsets they like to look for these excuses of mm-hmm. like injuries and stuff like that as a Ravens fan I know that because I make those excuses all the time <laughs> uh but um yeah it's kind of crazy when you look at the Browns missing all these key players on their offense yeah um and it just shows just how good that defense is they stepped up um it did seem like the Niners shot themselves in the foot mm-hmm. for most of that game though I mean uh Jake Moody obviously missed the two field goals yeah, okay. um it was only a two-point game so you only had to hit one of them for the win. I mean even the one for the win at the end of the game, I don't think that that's a that's a makeable kick for it a guy is. that hadn't missed at all up to this game. Yeah, and then misses two with his whole family watching. I don't know yeah. if you saw oh, the picture. I felt, I felt bad so for him. bad. For yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Especially with you know his high expectations. Third round pick for a yeah. kicker is huge. You know, it's almost that Roberto Aguayo kind of uh, yeah. pressure on him. Absolutely. Hopefully, he stays in the league longer than Aguayo did. So, uh, one credit that I do want to give is actually John Lynch. Yeah. Now, his way to build a team has just been unbelievable and even his recent acquisition of Randy Gregory who was terrible for Denver has come in and already got a sack for no way for did he <laughs> yeah he got got a sack yesterday Typical. I was just like it doesn't matter who they they could acquire anyone and they're just gonna play well in that yeah that, that red and gold so yeah you got to give credit to John Lynch and the way he's built that team how do you think uh this now affects the NFC playoff seeding because obviously you've got the Niners at five and one Eagles at five and one which we'll get onto later I think it affects it nothing at all no. I think it all depends it's all going to depend on when those two teams play yeah absolutely uh, and Christian McCaffrey's injuries going to only be two to three weeks is what they've said so far um, and they don't play the Eagles in that time so I think <laughs> it's it's all going to come down to that game I think I'm going to make a bold prediction now that the 49ers come out on top of that game yeah uh, so I can still easily see the Niners taking the one seed in the NFC yeah what do you think well, I'm just thinking because obviously, so Niners, Eagles, and Lions are all sat on five and one. Yeah. And I think you got to give the Lions some respect. We'll get onto them in a bit. Uh, where they stand with those two teams, I don't know. We, I mean, we'll have to wait and see later in the season or uh, deeper into the postseason if mm-hmm. they match up. Um, but yeah, I think 
the Niners weren't going to go 17 and 0, were they? It's very hard to expect any team to go undefeated. Yeah. Uh, so a loss here is fine. I mean, again, they're leading that division. I think they're going to walk that division, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But I mean, they've already beaten their toughest opponents once already, which yeah. has been the Rams. Um, staying on the topic of the Lions that you mentioned there, I just feel like the Lions have a, a, a much tougher strength and schedule. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. The Niners have. I think it's week 11, 12, 13, where it's tough for them. Other than that, they should win every other game. You know, obviously we we said that about to, uh, the you know against the Browns, they weren't able to come up on that. But I feel like that's almost the kick up the backside they needed, and they could go out and win every other game and just have the one loss all season. So I have no fear that this is this isn't going to affect the Niners one bit. Right, moving on to probably the most boring game of the week, that being the Bears versus the Vikings. The Vikings finally getting a win after what seemed like quite a while yeah. for them. Um, but obviously, big headline was Justin Fields' injury. Uh, that obviously had a quite a big effect on the game. Kirk Cousins didn't set the world on fire with his performance either. No. So. Sadly, that MVP uh, performance <laughs> that he was, the standard he was doing at the start of the season yeah. was slipping a little bit. Uh, but all jokes aside, the offense looks very underwhelming in the absence of uh, Justin Jefferson, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. Hawkinson was the leading receiver, six catches for 50. You had KJ Osborne with 40, 48 yards. Uh -huh. uh, Jordan Addison obviously had the touchdown, but only 28 yards off three catches. But that Jordan Addison, there was so much hype coming out. Yeah. It's even with the injury that he is going to be one of the most must-start players yeah. in fantasy football, and he's just... He's not setting the no, the, the pace that he needs to, or at least coming up with the the number one receiver reps or receptions that uh, you know Justin Jefferson was getting. On the other side of the ball for the Vikings, I mean, Daniel Hunter continues to dominate, and there's trade rumors going on around him, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, um, if I was an NFL GM, I'd be looking at him going, "Yeah, I want that guy on my team." I mean, he's had two sacks in that game, uh, two tackles for loss. Had a pass defended as well. I mean, he's continued to be a disruptive force on the uh, line of scrimmage. He's not the only one on that Vikings team that you could see get traded in the next couple of weeks, especially yeah. if they, you know, how long is Jefferson going to be out for? Are they going to make a push for the playoffs? If not, let's maybe start thinking about next year. Could we try and create some cap room? Maybe get rid of Harrison Smith. He's obviously yeah. getting to the, towards the older side. Let's try and get him a ring somewhere else. You know, kind of do the nice thing. Uh, send him to a team that's going to compete. Obviously, the Eagles are really lacking. They really are, aren't the they? Yeah. He could be a, a, a good pickup for them. But uh, I feel like maybe cash in now. Let's let's try and let's try and get some draft picks. Maybe a, a second, third round pick for him. I think that'll probably be what his value is. Uh, being one of the better safeties in the NFL. So yeah, you know this this might be the time for if you're if you're the Vikings GM to start thinking. Let's let's try and make some decisions. Let's try and make some moves. It's tough knowing when the right time is to do to hit the rebuild button, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the Vikings, obviously, the last few years, they've been a good team. They've been pushing playoffs, but they haven't been getting anywhere near a Super Bowl. Um, and this is the year where it looks like it's all just the wheels are falling off, ne doesn't Next it? week is going to be the decider for them. And obviously, you, you think, oh, who have they got? They've got the 49ers. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. <laughs> it's it's going to be tough, but if you, if you want to get in the playoffs, you've got to be the best teams. Yeah. Now... <laughs> You, you don't have your best player going in there, albeit the 49ers probably don't have theirs, being yeah. Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but these are where your other players have really got to step up. Oh, breaking, breaking news, news on the podcast. Look at that face. What's going oh on? Oh, my God. The Eagles are signing Julio Jones oh. to a one-year deal. Wow, sorry. That just came in on my phone. <laughs> that is exciting, isn't it? That is huge. Wow. wow. Of all the teams that I thought he'd signed to, that's yeah. obviously to try and get that ring. Uh, yeah, it's got to yeah. be. 
Uh, it was either going to be there or the Niners it was going to go. But yeah, literally just come through now. The Eagles are signing Julio Jones to a one-year deal. Well, sometimes you wonder how he didn't have a job already. I mean, he's getting old and he didn't do too much last season. But we're talking about one of the best receivers we've had in the last of 10 years. Of our generation, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so it's good to see him. Maybe this is the final run. Is this is this the general's last rodeo? I don't know. Maybe yeah, he's gonna. This probably is. Hopefully he can get a ring. It'll uh, be good. But yeah, that's interesting. That I'm I'm actually glad you cut me off there because <laughs> because we're gonna go from <laughs> that a high was some to a really low really exciting breaking news. And here I am. I was about to say we're gonna move on to the second most boring game of the week. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was a mid off going on at QB there, wasn't it? Oh, it was the uh, Patriots at the Raiders. Um, and no disrespect to those two teams, but yeah, I mean. Mac Jones, uh, it's it's tough. He he again he threw a really really bad interception, but you've got to give him some praise on that uh, fourth quarter. They had a game winning drive uh, that they needed to go down the field, get the touchdown, to take the lead, mm-hmm. and he threw a perfect ball down the left sideline to Devontae Parker. That that pass couldn't have been placed any better. Yeah, straight through Parker's hands, mm-hmm. and and you feel bad for Mac Jones there because. He's obviously just going to get so much grief for all these bad throws, bad plays that he's putting through. And he makes the perfect throw. He makes the throw that the team need him to make. And he's let down by his receiver. You, you say that, but you've also got to talk about his interception. Uh, no, yeah. That was probably one of the worst passes of the week in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. Scrambling out. He's got a wider... Was it Mike Gesicki or Hunter Henry? Yeah. I think it was one of the one tight ends. Yeah. Uh, compli- I mean, it was a good five yards wide of, yeah, of that yeah. receiver. And then straight into the hands of the defender. It's it's tough to back him up sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know what? He's a guy that's going to lead us to a championship. He's at least he's a guy. He's led them to the playoffs once, but mm. you know, it's that first kind of playoff win that you, to get him over the hump. Right now, he's our guy. If, yeah, if, exactly. if a QB gets their first playoff win, you're normally going to stick with them for a while. So, Mac Jones needs that and. To be honest, he needs that this year. It's yeah, probably not going to happen this year no, to, I don't think to so. stick around. We're seeing the Patriots creep up in the uh, in the draft order now. Now, if, let's say, Bears don't go with the QB, Broncos don't go with the QB, someone will probably trade up to take Caleb Williams. Now, would Drake May be a perfect fit in New England? I would yeah. think that would probably be a, a great addition to that team. Well, there's projections of quite a few first-round QBs going this year, isn't yeah. there? So... There's a yeah, there's a very good chance there's someone on the board for Belichick to take if he wants to move on from Mac Jones, which I think the way it's going, it seems like he might do, because mm-hmm. um, he's obviously going to be coming towards the end of his rookie contract soon, isn't he? Yeah. And they're not going to want to pay him money for a guy that's just not going to be the next like franchise guy for them. Exactly. On the other side, uh, Jimmy G obviously left the game early due to an injury. Um, he'd also thrown an interception. I mean, it was a. The passing game for both sides weren't weren't that exciting, were no, they? No, they Patriots' run game uh, actually produced this week, though. I mean, uh, Stevenson was averaging 4.6 yards a carry, had, uh, had the touchdown. Zeke got his first touchdown as a Patriot, which is good to see. Um, so, yeah, both of them over 4.5 yards per carry. So, really? efficient running from the two of them. Uh, the most exciting part of the game, which is just me being weird, to be honest, because I found it exciting. How about the uh, after the safety to end the game? Yeah. Um, the Patriots had obviously the free kick to give it back to the Raiders, and they did the the sky kick to to try and get the recovery. Yep. When was the last? I, I don't know if I've ever seen that. Or if that's even ever happened. So long. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I, I I literally I'd sort of stopped paying attention. I was like, oh, there you go, games. So I look, I sort of looking at my phone for a bit, and I come back up to red zone, and here we are. There's a sky kick going on. I'm like, 
anything can happen? Is, is, I, yeah. is this going to be like one of those Bill Belichick like <laughs> mastermind moments? But yeah, it didn't pay off. But it's still pretty. It was cool weird because I didn't know when watching it. I was like, oh, how's the new kickoff rule going to affect this? Is this going to come into play? Yeah. And, and and you know, but you know what Belichick's like. He he knows he knows every single rule, he and really he will does, find any he? single way to go. Well, we've got a chance here to get the ball back. Yeah. We're going to try and use it and. It was exciting, but it just didn't work out yeah. there, or didn't pay off. So, let's move on to the Detroit Lions versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Jared Goff just flying. Uh, you obviously mentioned it earlier how you can't discredit the Lions. They are again a very complete team. Yeah. One downside is Dave Montgomery, who you yeah, will be in agony I'm devastated, about. Yeah, <laughs> I was very disappointed. I mean. And, and that's the thing with Goff playing so well. It's great to see because he really had to step up because the wrong run game was non-existent. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Craig Reynolds getting 15 yards. Monty had 14 before he left. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good job that Goff was able to throw the ball so well. Um, Amon Rasent Brown, another big game. That, so where do you think he stands among the Offensive Player of the Year candidates now? Because he's had these good games, but I don't feel like he's... I, I don't know how to describe it because you've got guys like Tyreek Hill where they just... As soon as you think offensive player of the yep. year, you're like, Tariq. bang, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson. Christian McCaffrey. That, yeah, Christian McCaffrey, exactly. But he's definitely, guys. I'd say he's in that next bracket. I think of, he of is, players. yeah. Uh, he just not see, doesn't seem to get the same, I don't want to say stardom, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not the he's same not, He's not a headline player. Of, exactly, it's, it's, yeah. it's annoying to say. Uh, I think, I mean, you literally said it perfectly, that there's, there's, there's so many players, or the, the big three that, that are probably, you know, in, in contention to win it. Um, and it's 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 so frustrating. I mean, mate, I I predicted it at the start of the season yeah. that he was going to be my guy, but there is no chance in hell that he can catch what Tyreek's done. He's already yeah. missed a game this season as well. You've got to he has, of course, into, he effect, has, yeah. into effect. So, yeah, frustrating, but you can't discredit what he's done. He's he's been so good. Also, another thing, it's good to see that Jameson Williams is back as well. Obviously, he only got two receptions, but he had it he that touchdown grab was great touchdown grab was great separation down the sideline as well there was a great skyview play of the all 22 where you see i I can't think of the corner was but he made this unbelievable double move yeah and had huge amounts of separation goff just went the other side but it was a guaranteed touchdown down the left hand side of the field i was like oh my it was i I wish i wish it was this was a a video podcast to show it but the, the double move he made i think it was just in like a base cover cover two man uh both safeties shifted over to the right side obviously where the ball went but God, he was wide open for a touchdown. Speaking of wide open for a touchdown, did you see Mike Evans as well? Baker Mayfield had a huge chance to get Mike Evans down. The, uh, it was like a seam route down the middle. Yeah. But both defenders just didn't get him. That's that that shame, kind of summed yeah. up Baker's day. He yeah, came he out and said that he didn't play very well. Uh, yeah. But yeah, stat line shows it. Highlights show it. Just wasn't. It's annoying because Baker has been doing very well this season. You know, they're yeah. three and two. They're, they're flying. But that, that Lions defense just really held that offense in check, didn't it? I yeah. mean, Rashad White uh, obviously led the team in rushing 26 yards. All other rushes combined uh, only managed 20 yards. It's 46 team yards overall. I mean, they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass the ball. That Lions defense, legit. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up we have the Rams versus the Cardinals. Uh, kind of the headline was Kyron Williams having a huge game, but the injury, again, coming in. Uh, I feel like running back injuries this week is kind of the headline, apart from the big surprises like for the it. games. But, you know. Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, it's a shame as well. I mean, he... He had an incredible game, didn't he? 20 rushes, 158 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. And not just him, but Cooper Cup, just with <sighs> a uh, just that's a proper cup stat line, that isn't is. it? Seven catches, one forty eight touchdown. Yeah. I mean, them two leading the line for the Rams, that's just a combo you want. Uh Puka Nakura, on the other hand, he had 
his quietest game of the season. So, did you know? So he had four catches for twenty six yards. Mm-hmm. That's his first game this season with less than five receptions, which is kind of mad. But it's his first game as well with less than seventy yards. So in all <laughs> other five weeks, he's hit over seventy yards God. receiving, and I think that's a testament to just how well he's been playing. If it wasn't for CJ Stroud, he'd be guaranteed that offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I he's, think so. He's played so so well. Yeah, and obviously. You know, we're talking about four catches being a down game for him. It's yeah, crazy. It's mental. Yeah, it really is. Um, on the other side of the ball, the Cardinals, um, we're starting to see how much of their offensive success was coming down to James Conner, I think. Yep. I think maybe we'd undervalue just how important he is because uh, now Josh Dobbs is starting to struggle, um, mm-hmm. had the interception. Uh, they had Keontae Ingram and Super Bowl champion Damian Williams heading that backfield, yeah. which I thought was quite cool, uh, seeing Damian Williams back. Because uh, he was obviously incredible in that Chiefs run. Mm-hmm. He, he played great in that Super Bowl. I think um, the, the biggest waiver request last week as well was for Dimacardo, who yeah, he seemed thought to was be... going to be the this you know lead the backfield this week, only got two carries. It's, yeah. I felt like what kind of shot the Cardinals in the, their own foot was that they didn't stick with one guy. Yeah. And, try and like you know build up confidence with one running back and say right you're going to lead our backfield this week let's give you at least 20 touches you know let's give you James Conner numbers yeah uh, and and you try and make some productivity with that but they kept switching it it was almost every play they yeah it, around. it almost felt like they were just trying to test everyone out but you know is this the right time to do it I don't know it may be like you say a big divisional match yeah yeah Right, let's move on to the second upset of the week, the Jets versus the Eagles. You you were going to say it. I'm annoyed, it. man. You I'm annoyed. I, I was there and, I, and I, I wanted to call it, but I thought, play it safe with the Eagles. And it wasn't playing it safe because the Jets did it. I mean, I was really enjoying watching the end of that game. I was really rallying for the Jets, like yeah. really hoping that they were going to take that one. I mean, Jalen Hurts tough game from him so unlike him yeah three interceptions normally very good with ball security you know throwing three poor interceptions yeah. there talk about the positives though AJ Brown obviously had a huge big game. game yeah big game um, but run game was just non-existent non-existent that's the exact word I've got written down here yeah. non-existent yeah I mean DeAndre Swift did nothing did he mm-hmm. uh, Kenny Gainwell yeah, did nothing you'd expect Kenny Gainwell to at least step up you know he's a solid RB2 for, for most teams in the NFL but just again came in did absolutely nothing yeah uh, Jets on the other hand run game again wasn't a lot for them but Zach Wilson had a better game Zach Wilson that was, it was so good to see because he's caught a lot of slack yeah, in, in the press the last few weeks Uh Obviously against the Chiefs, played a bit better against the Broncos, but you know now getting a win that he definitely deserved. Yeah, and a, a huge win, a huge confidence booster for him, mm-hmm. uh, and especially for Garrett Wilson as well. Garrett Wilson had a big game. A bit scary about that ankle. Yeah, I hope that's you know he's not staying out because I do love Garrett Wilson. Yeah, uh, but it did. It was just so weird how he ran ran that route. It was a little hitch route, and his an- his ankle obviously just folded. But yeah. instead of finishing off his route, he just kind of stood there and. Like to be fair to him, was screaming, I'm still open, just trying to create some separation. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, talk about effort. He did yeah. put effort even in the play where he his ankle looked he looked like he was in agony. So yeah, he did pretty yeah. well. Um, I think one bit of excitement now for the Jets. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers being seen throwing on the field. But that is a it it's is a immense, miracle, isn't it? Like it's I crazy. cannot believe you know, not wearing a boot, first yeah. of all, is crazy. We saw Peyton Manning tear his what was it, plantar fasciitis, and was in a boot longer than Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles. So yeah. 
it's 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 a, a miracle what's happening there, and there is real potential that we could yeah, see well, him in a Jets jersey this there's, season. There's a, I saw a quote this morning from a orthopedic surgeon who said, "Yeah, we could could have a week 15, 16, 17 return." Yeah, how crazy that is! It's and mental. Achilles, that'd be the fastest Achilles oh, recovery yeah. in the world. Yeah, yeah it'd I mean, beat out Cam Akers, wouldn't he? Yeah, Cam yeah. Akers, J.K. Dobbins, obviously is, yeah. is, is is going on. Literally was on the Pat McAfee show together with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is sat there, no crutches on whatsoever. Did it the same week as. Yeah, as, as him and J.K. Dobbins is in full crutches, a massive boot, and you go. And that people were people were taking the mick out of him for his because they were looking into alternative uh, me- medicine, medicine. And, oh, like that, yeah. and I want to quote Pat McAfee with the the alternative modalities. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> that. I thought that was funny as hell. Um, but yeah, these modalities seem to be working yeah. <laughs> because Crazy. I mean, it just it just seems like he's recovering at a, such a quick rate. And if the Jets can win these games like they did against the Eagles and get themselves into the playoffs, mm-hmm. maybe he returns for some playoff games. I mean, what a story that would be. Yeah, it would be special. Uh, one final point is that the Eagles secondary, we obviously mentioned it earlier uh, during the Vikings game. That is, it's one of the, it's one of the areas that is really worrying me about the Eagles. And yeah. obviously we, we mentioned that the, you know, the 49ers and Eagles game is going to be, you know, the turning point of the season. If they want to have any chance in that game, that's one area that they really need to address. Yeah, now. they need to get healthy or get yeah. some replacements in. Don't exactly. They? So, I think you. I think Harry Roseman actually came out today and said that that they're looking into to options now. Whether that be going into free agency and picking up a a veteran maybe in that position, or, yeah. or going into the trade market, you could easily see the Eagles do that, especially if they want to push for the Super Bowl. Sunday night football. We got the Giants and the Bills. A game that ended quite controversially yeah definitely i'm gonna put put out there and say that was definitely a holding call and should have been called back obviously they did have the flag to get down there in the first place yeah they you know the giants had a bit of luck going that way um uh they just ran out of that luck yeah when it came to that you know it was definitely a holding call fresh set of downs they should have had a few more attempts to get in there yeah well a few more attempts they probably would have run out of time that's the thing i mean the the my thing is is that the hold on the release was bad okay Mm -hmm. the release of the route but you could tell the that the, the hold route. was impeding Waller on really jumping for the ball, really yeah. being able to reach. And it wasn't. And it, if he hadn't have been impeded, I think he reach. He gets that ball, doesn't he? Yeah, but it wasn't a, an uncatchable ball either. So no. it it was. It could have been either passing interference yeah, or exactly. holding. So yeah. it, it, you know, it's holding at the start of the round. So that's yeah. automatic first down. Yeah. It was passing interference at the end of the round. Automatic ball at the down. one as well. Ball at the one. It, it was in. already at the one. Yeah, exactly. But, you know. It, it, again you've got to talk about play call you've got Saquon Barkley in the backfield mm. you've got Tyrod Taylor they're both capable of just at least gaining yard on either a sneak or a dive yeah I don't think play action was the right call there yeah it's a shame because these are the things that become the most talked about parts of these games and you know there's a lot of other good stuff going on I mean we can talk about Stefan Diggs hitting another 100 yard game yep. uh, James Cook bounced back in a big way 71 yards he was averaging 5 yards a carry Saquon Barkley got himself 24 carries. I mean, he was back from his injury and he just took that workhorse and role he's only, again. He's only taken 80% of the snaps so far. Really? Yeah, yeah. he took 80% of the snaps this week. Apparently, they're doing 80, 90, 90, 100. So wow. next week, we're going to see a 90% share. So yeah. for fantasy owners, that being me, I'm excited <laughs> for the couple of weeks that are coming. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. And I think also, let's give Tyra Taylor some respect. I I really, I really rate him. I think, just I think as a backup a goes, backup, he, yeah. yeah, he just does his job, doesn't he? I mean, hitting 200 yards, his completion percentage was good. Been in the league long enough. A little revenge game as well for him. Yeah, I, of course. Was, yeah. You were expecting a big game from him. You know, the stats don't show it, but he played very well. Just yeah. 
true game manager. Put the ball where it needed to be. Didn't put them in trouble. So yeah, did pretty well. Final game of the week was the Cowboys versus the Chargers. Uh, kind of my my situation here was that Herbert didn't look like himself. No, I mean, he missed. There's that clip that's gone viral of the, the wide open Keenan Allen miss, wasn't it? Not good. It was the wide open Keenan Allen miss. It was the, the third down in the red zone to Austin Eckler where, all right, it's a, it's a running back on a flare out. You've got to get it to him quick. Now, he stares at that. It's wide open for a touchdown. I don't know why he just doesn't fire it to him quick. It's, yeah. it's, it's a guaranteed touchdown. Instead, they settle for the field goal. Um, and also, right at the end, uh, it's on the final drive where he throws the interception. It's, it's kind of blame on Quinton Johnson as well, how you've got to out-muscle the DB there. But he's finished the route. He's finished the curl or the comeback. He's staring at him. And he just doesn't get the ball out quick enough. Yeah. Now, that gives the DB the chance to make the play. So, it's, it's the fault on both players, but... Herbert, you know, he wants to be in the conversation as a top five. Get the ball out quicker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's got to do more, hasn't he? Best stat of this game for me is uh, what I find quite funny. Just looking at the uh, receiving totals of the Chargers players, uh, mm-hmm. Justin Herbert obviously had one which he threw to himself. Yeah. So he's got one reception for 10 yards, which means he's he's out-received uh, Quentin Johnson because yep. he didn't make a catch for the entire game. I mean, we're talking about first-round receiver who just really isn't showing uh, anything at the moment. I think if you look at all four first-round receivers, um, obviously you got JSN was picked first, and then it was Johnson, Flowers, and then Addison. Mm-hmm. I mean, we spoke on JSN earlier. Say Flowers, I mean, obviously I'm going to rate him as a Ravens fan, but let's be realistic. He's he's not been anything special. No. Uh, and Jordan Addison has done his bit, but again, nothing too crazy. Uh, but Quentin, Quentin Johnson's clearly been the worst of the lot. Uh, he just seems like he hasn't gotten involved at all. And with Mike Williams' injury, you would have thought they could have pushed a guy who's the literally the exact same build as Williams. <laughs> but yeah, another game without a catch is just it's just not enough for no, him, is not. it? You know, Josh Josh Palmer's turning out to be the better player yeah, he is, too, yeah. which is which is worrying. Uh credit on the other side, uh you've got to give it to Dak Prescott. Um the big highlight play was obviously the the, the rollout pass to Tony Pollard. Yeah, I think you've just got to give him credit how he's able to go through every single read. Also, credit to the offensive line giving him the time, but rolling out and then doing what QBs probably shouldn't do and look across across body instead of staying to the right hand side the way he rolls. But you know, being able to find the running back there and obviously it was a huge play. But uh, Asante Samuel makes a huge play on defense there as well. Yeah, I also want to give a shout out to Brandon Cooks as well. Uh, he obviously caught a touchdown. So he's now caught a touchdown from seven different quarterbacks across five different teams. Is this my trivia to say, name them? You know what? Go on then. <laughs> if you want to, let's do it. I won't be able to do this. Dak, Goff. Yep. Uh, Brady. Yep. Uh, Breeze. Yep. Um, oh my God. Who would he caught from the Texans? Uh, Davis Mills. Yep. Is there more from the Texans? Two more from the Texans. Oh, so they're both Texans players. God, I'm not going to get these. Who did Davis Mills replace? Uh, Watson. Deshaun Watson, yeah. Um, and last one we just spoke about a minute ago. No, I'm going to tap out there. Who You're going to tap out? Giants quarterback for this oh, week. Oh, Tyrod. Of course it was. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I should have got that. Oh, yeah. well, what was it? Six out of seven? Not yeah, bad. not too bad. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's pretty awesome for a guy who's been a journeyman. And, and he's produced at all these teams he's played at as well. So it's nice to see him getting the receiving touchdown yeah, for the Cowboys. Yeah. I do like Brandon Cooks. Uh, but obviously, headlining the receiving game for the Cowboys was CeeDee Lamb, 100 yard mm-hmm. game. Uh, there was obviously, I mean, we spoke about it in our group chat of is CeeDee Lamb that guy? Yeah, because uh, I said he wasn't, didn't yeah. I? I I'm, 
he, I mean, maybe it's because I've drafted him on fantasy and he's been annoying <laughs> me how uh, unproductive he's been. Um, but to be honest, he's. I think I, I'm maybe just putting too much expectation on him. Yeah. I think a seven reception, 117 yard game is exactly the type of thing that he I mean, just needed that touchdown week, to, to finish off that and, yeah, exactly. and make his fantasy points go above the 20 mark. It would have yeah. been, that would have been a great stat line to finish the week. So, yeah, but a good game from him. Right, move on to predictions. Sam, you finally beat me on predictions this week. Uh, you got nine right. I got eight right this week. It actually came down to Monday Night Football. So yeah, it did. It did get really close. Uh, I obviously went with the Chargers. You went with the Cowboys. Uh, you shout the win, end my win streak. So, yeah, we'll move into Thursday Night Football. Saints versus the Jags. Who are you going to go with? Uh, I'm going to go with the Jags, I think. Um, it's going to be, it's obviously in New Orleans. So, uh, could see the Saints defense step up, especially with the home crowd advantage in the dome. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, oh, I've just realised Trevor Lawrence is injured this week, oh. isn't he? How does that affect it? <laughs> you know what? Actually, so we we're assuming we it looks like Trevor might miss this week, right? From the fantasy predictions, he's predicted right. It's really weird. He's predicted zero point nine seven points. <laughs> so it looks like he could be uh, it's, it's could be missing this week. Yeah, I miss. So. In that case, I'm gonna go with the Saints because I think I think if he there's. If Trev doesn't play, Saints win it because that defense will stifle. Was it Bethard at CJB Fit? Yeah, it? It? yeah. So it's really, it's now? really annoying because <laughs> as soon as you, as soon as you said uh, uh, the Jags, I put a big smile on my face because I really wanted to go with the Saints this week. Yeah, these are two teams that I bought into this uh, this season big time. Um, well, there are two, are uh, two coach of the year projections, weren't they? Oh yeah, uh, of Peterson course, and of course. Uh, and you've gone with my coach of the year, and yeah. I'm going to go with your coach of the year. Really, I yep. really think the Jags are going to win, uh, even without. Uh, oh, that's. Oh, I think Trev's going to play. I think Trev's going to yeah. play. Yeah, I'm. I'm going with the Jags. Yeah, I just feel like he will. That, take a few painkillers, Trev. Get in the game. Win the game for him. Yeah, I'm going with the Jags. Uh, first of the Sunday lot. No more London games anymore. So we move back to the six six o'clock games. Bucks versus the Falcons. Divisional matchup. Who are you going with? I'm going to go with the Bucks. I think uh, they weren't great last week, but again, it's the Lions. You know, cut some slack for playing against one of the best teams in the league at yep. the moment. Um, Falcons, Ritter wasn't great last week, um, and I think the Bucks defense is good enough to really just put the pressure on him. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bucks. I also agree. I'm gonna go with the Bucks. I just think where are we at in the Baker Mayfield cycle? Had a bad <laughs> game. Now it's time for redemption time, Baker. So yeah, I think he's gonna go off four touchdowns, just go 500 yards. Yeah, yep. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> it's law, isn't it? Yeah, yep, the cycle exists. Yeah, exactly. So Baker's gonna have a great game. Uh, next up, Bears versus the Raiders. Two teams struggling. Struggling, yeah. Big uh, time. But Raiders were actually able to get a win that last week. Got to remember that. They um, did. But obviously... Uh, oh, no Garoppolo. No Garoppolo. No Fields as well. Ooh. So Tyson Bajan yeah. versus Brian Hoyer. Could backup be battle. Backup battle. Um, so that would be an interesting. Basically, who's the better backup? We've got uh, <laughs> Bajan, who um, is the rookie, and Hoyer, who's obviously the vet. So basically, to go for rookie or vet, I'm gonna go with experience. <laughs> Cliffhanger or what? Cliffhanger. Uh, I'm gonna go with Hoyer. I'm gonna go with the Bears. <laughs> yeah, fair I'm enough. I'm just gonna be different. I feel like it's just a 50-50 toss it's up. Very much. 50/50. Anyone can get it. So yeah, I'll go with the Bears just to be different. Uh, moving on to the Colts versus the Browns. Uh, again, t- 
two backup. It could be a backup matchup. It could be a backup matchup again, but you know, one of them's got an MVP uh, and the other one doesn't, because obviously, you know, XFL MVPs count. Yeah, they do. Um, and one of them's also got probably one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm um, going to go with the Browns. I think I'll go Browns as well because <laughs> Minshew just threw three interceptions against the Jags. He might throw five against the Browns. Yeah, you never if, you, know. if you've got Smith and uh, Garrett coming at you, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a scary force there. And I expect a very, very low yardage game from Michael Pittman uh, having Denzel yeah. Ward on him. That's going to be a tough one. Uh, Giants versus Commanders. Who are you going for? Uh, I've gone with the Commanders. Um, it's in New York, but I don't think that I don't think their team's good enough to the point where it matters at this point. I think yeah. Washington, Washington has shown the last few weeks that they can be a good team. Uh, although saying that, I think give the Giants. I, I've probably been a bit too harsh on the Giants, given how well they managed to hold the Bills this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, they haven't quite convinced me yet. To be honest, I feel like this is one of those games that ends in a tie. I'm not going to predict a tie. I'm going to predict. I'm going to say Commanders, but it just feels like one of those games. Uh, if you're going off patterns, uh, Sam Howell has good game, bad game, good game, bad oh, game, yeah, we're good back game. To so now we're back to bad game. You're not wrong. But I'm going to go against the pattern. I think Sam Howell will have a good game yep. and the Commanders will win. So yeah, I'm going to go with the Commanders there. Uh, next up, we have your Ravens versus the Lions. Probably the six o'clock matchup that everyone will be watching. Uh, yeah. I'll start off. I think the Lions are going to win. Uh, no disrespect to your Ravens. I think it'll, no, be, I it'll be a great game. Yeah. Um, I just feel like it, even with Monty gone and even with Gibbs gone, Goff's just playing lights out at the moment. And Armin Ra is going to be really tough to stop. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Lions. I do think it is game of the week, this one, uh, potentially. Um, and it is tough because, yeah, like you say, no Montgomery. But I think we saw last week that that Lions run game was non-existent uh the Bucks obviously have a good front but so do the Ravens so we could see them have to lean heavily on that passing game and it's just whether we can prevent the passing game mm-hmm. um obviously Marlon Humphrey probably spent some time matched up against Amon Ra uh we've got our safeties on the back end to help so it's in Baltimore as well <laughs> I'm gonna have to stick with my guys here I'm gonna have to go with them I think the Lions I, I, but to be honest, it's, I think this is another 50-51. So yeah. Whereas the Raiders-Bears was 50-50 because we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> These Lions and Ravens are just two top teams. Yeah. And to be honest, I think the Lions are a better team. Uh, it's just whether we can stop them on the day, which I'm hoping we can. Mm-hmm. Next up, we've got the Bills versus the Patriots. I think this is going to be a really quick one to go through. I'm going with the Bills. I'm also going with the Bills. They're <laughs> nice going to them, aren't they? Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I went over it last week how Bill is going to come back fighting it didn't happen this week I don't think it's going to happen next week so no. yeah, I'm going with the Bills uh, next up Seahawks versus the Cardinals in Seattle I think the Seahawks will take this one uh, Josh Dobbs we he's still turning out to be a struggle for him yeah um, no James Connor as well is, makes it even tougher so yeah I'm going to go with the Seahawks yeah you've said everything I was going to say no yeah. James Connor. Dobbs has been struggling and the Seahawks defense is pretty good so uh, yeah Seahawks win it Okay, moving on to the Rams versus the Steelers. Uh, Steelers are desperate for a win. Uh, but the Rams, I just feel like are going to have more firepower. Um, uh, even without Karen Williams, I just feel like that air raid offense is going to be is going to be scary. So, yeah, I'm, go- I'm going with the Rams. So, I'd originally written down the Rams to win this. But uh, you make the good point. If there's no Karen Williams, let's not forget how good the Steelers' defense is. <laughs> um so I think the Steelers could give them give them, take have a chance to win this game. Yeah. But in LA, 
Cooper Cup season, baby. Let's just go with the Rams. Let's just <laughs> keep it easy. Yards. Let's go with the Rams. Hold that, Jerry Porter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, th- I think it'll be a good game. It's just that, yeah, like I said, Rams got more power. Okay, move on to an AFC West matchup with the Chiefs and Chargers. Um, Chargers, uh, another team desperate for a win. Uh, we, we spoke about uh, Herbert really just not performing to his level. Needs a bounce back game. Could happen here. But I just feel like the Chiefs are going to be too much to stop them. Um, the, again, the Chiefs actually been struggling as well. Well, I was going to yeah, say, the I, Chiefs I haven't really that. impressed me this season as mm. much as obviously they have done in the last few years. Um, they've not been as successful as they have been in the past uh, on offense. But Chargers just continue to... They just seem to lose games. I don't know how to describe it, but they just seem to lose games. Uh, so, yeah, I'll give it to the Chiefs. Right, moving on, we have my Broncos versus the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for the Broncos. Yeah, there you go. Uh, You know, in Denver, the altitude's going to be a problem. Jordan Love's first game at altitude. You know, let's see how he's going to behave. Packers obviously coming off the bye week. Are they going to have Aaron Jones back? That's going to be the big question. Um, It's just... I've gone. I've only gone with the Broncos twice this season, so I feel like I need to go with them for, for a yeah, win. Because so, yeah. I've been a massive homer all season with the Ravens, <laughs> so just please make me look less biased. Yeah, you so know? I'm going to go with the Broncos here. I I don't feel like we'll win next week, so this has got to be one win that we get. Yeah, I, uh, I, I totally see why you've gone with the Broncos. I'm going to go Packers on account of the fact that I, I do think Aaron Jones will be back. Uh, I think the bye week of rest will help them because obviously Christian Watson was coming off injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Love, I mean... Week five, he was awful, wasn't he? Yeah. So I think a full week just to sit down, assess, and prepare for this week, uh, I think it's going to do them wonders. So, yeah, I'll go for the Packers. Yeah. Don't blame me one bit. Just wanted to go with my team for a second. For, for, for one week. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to one hell of a game for Sunday night. Uh, that is the Eagles and the Dolphins. I oh, I'm gonna go with the Dolphins here just because of we sp- we 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 spent a lot of time this episode talking about the Eagles secondary being a struggle. You come up against Tyreek Hill, Braxton Berrios, uh, Jalen Waddle. I think that's gonna be an absolute nightmare to try and counter with with a beat up secondary. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the Dolphins here. Yeah, I'm gonna agree. Uh, I wanted to pick Eagles because it's in Philadelphia, um, but. At the end of the day, one of the things that I've noted about every Dolphins game against a big team is going to be, can the Dolphins outscore their opponent? Yeah. And what we've seen from the Eagles' offense this season is that it hasn't been as strong as we'd like to see. Uh, I do think that the rushing game gets back on track because I don't think the Dolphins' rush defense is that that strong. Uh, So we could see DeAndre Swift go for a big game. But again, like we say, that Eagles' secondary is in tatters. And um, I just think that they'll take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting to see how Tyreek Hill is health-wise going into this game. Yep. But I think he'll play. Um, and He's I going think, for a record. Yeah. He's going for a record. He is. He really is. And yeah, we could see another 100-yard game. I mean, he's, well, he's the uh, first player in NFL history to have four 150-plus-yard games throughout, yeah. through the first six games of the season. Um, and he might just add another one this week. Right, final game of the week. We've got the 49ers versus the Vikings. I'm going to make this quick. I'm going with the 49ers. You don't think Minnesota home advantage? No. Because I, I certainly don't. Yeah, I, I think, <laughs> I think the, for, the 49ers need a bounce back win. Uh, I think it'll be quite... They'll be angry that they've, oh, they've yeah. let that one slip. Yeah, and they'll come out and 
they'll blow them out of the water. I really do think that. Yeah, because tempers were flaring for that Cleveland game, weren't yeah, they? It massively. was getting very... The Niners were obviously getting chippy at the start of that Cleveland game, weren't they? Yeah. And there was a lot of frustration and aggression going into that game. And when you lose those games, it just eats away at you for an entire week. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they're going to go into Minnesota. They're going to be angry. And I think, yeah, blow them out of the water. That does it for our seventh episode of Four Down Territory. Um, more predictions done. Another good week of football. And hopefully next week we can see a Broncos win for your sake, <laughs> for your sanity. Yeah. Um, for my mental a, health. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at this point. Yeah, and hopefully a Ravens win as well because that would be huge for Baltimore if they can get a win over Detroit. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, and now on Apple Podcasts New as well. Apple, yes. Yeah. So we look forward to seeing you on there. Uh, sign up for this week. See you in the next one. See ya.